Well, welcome everybody to Rise Church. We're so glad that you're here. Happy New Year to everybody and uh, so happy that uh, you made it out to church. You're starting the year off right. And so we are starting a brand new series today called Restart. Everybody say Restart. Restart. All right, look at your neighbor and say Restart. Yeah, we all need a restart in, in this time of year where we're looking at, you know, in the beginning of the year, what we do is we look at all the resolutions and we try to see all the areas we want to change and get better and all the things that we want to really start over. And I don't know how many of you do this, but I looked at last year and I'm like, man, this is, I'd like to do something better this year, if that's okay. And, uh, and so a lot of good things happen. You know, a lot of times when you look back on the year, you can be, uh, sometimes you can be negative, sometimes you can kind of look at all the areas that you uh, didn't do and didn't see right, but you know, I highly encourage you as you look back and as you look at all the areas you want to change, really mark all the areas that God was faithful and all the things that he did bring you through. And so be positive about things, a lot of things that how we think the Bible says so are we. And so today we're going to uh, be in Psalm chapter 51. We're going to start there, Psalm chapter 51. If you don't have your Bibles uh, on, on your phone, we have uh, what's called, uh, my, I put my notes on an app called Version, or it's the Bible app, and you can search the event section. You can actually find my notes uh, if you just search Rise Church, and you'll, it'll be like a location thing, and you can find us, and you can see exactly where I'm going. Uh, we're going to be in Psalm chapter 51 today. And uh, before we get started, uh, man, I'm just believing God that's going to do just an amazing thing this year in all of our church, in, in all of our areas and of our life and inside of all of our services. Uh, it's just going to be a great, great day. And so let's, uh, before we get started, let's pray and uh, just invite God in this place. God, we just thank you for today. God, thank you for an incredible time of worship this morning. Thank you that you uh, have shown up today. God, you are here. And so Lord, we just pray that today uh, you would just take the words that I prepared uh, and, and just transform them for the hearts of the people. God, that you would do something unique and special for us, that uh, ultimately, God, you are doing something inside of this church. This is a movement of God, and we're just so honored to be a part of it, honored to be privileged to be a part of it in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen, amen. Well, hey, before I even get into my message, I recognize that we have actually a lot of guests with us. You know, anytime we come off a Christmas season or what we call a big uh, event season where new people come and visit our church, there's a lot of new families, and you might not be, you might be a first-time guest, you might be a second-time guest, you might be here maybe just for a few weeks, and I wanted to give you just kind of an idea of what Rise Church is all about. You know, I'm the senior pastor, and so um, I get the privilege of doing that, and I wanted to share with you kind of our mission statement here at Rise Church, and so I wanted to show it to you. We're going to put it up on the screens, and it's pretty simple uh, for all of you guys to kind of see it. Can you put it up there? Boom. Do we have it? Do we not have it? We don't have it. It's okay. It's easy to remember. So I'm going to show it to you right now. It's called Reaching People. Everybody say that. Say Reaching People and then Building Lives. Yeah, reaching people and building lives. There it is. So, and, and what's simple about our mission statement is it's not something we made up. It's something that Jesus actually invented. It was his great, what he called the great co-mission. If you've ever heard of that, is a great co-mission, which co, meaning he wants us and he's invited us in on this mission uh, to reach people and to really, for his glory and to really expand the kingdom and invite people into this thing we call spiritual family. And so if you're new to us, what we do on a regular basis, what the point of our church is, is to do that. It's simply do what Jesus said, is to reach people and to build lives. Reaching people is something that happens on an, in a moment, in an instant, and part of what we do on the weekend service is to create an atmosphere and an experience and a time for you to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in my sermon today, but that's kind of part one part of our mission. But then the second part of our mission is really to build lives. Our goal is to build your life, and that happens over a lifetime. And so we're invited, and we have the privilege of being really just caretakers, shepherds, or what I even call spiritual guides uh, for you in your journey with God. Um, I remember 
going to Mexico uh, on, a, on a trip with my wife several years back, and we went and we stayed at you know, this all-inclusive resort. And on, at these resorts, you can take a, an excursion and go see different parts of Mexico. And we went into this area called the, uh, what they called them, cenotes, which are like these underground and underwater caves. And so you can go and kind of snorkel in these areas. And it was really, really neat. But what I noticed is that they didn't just send us to, they didn't just like bust us to a, like an area, a cave, and then say, have at it hope you make it back, you know, like we, we don't get lost, you know, don't drown, hope you can swim. What they did was, is they sent a guide, everybody say guide, they sent a guide and the guide knew, he knew a couple things, here's what he knew, he knew the passages, knew where to go, like in these caves, and then he knew all the little secrets, he knew how like, where it was around this corner, and if you go under this water, there's actually area on the other side, and you can go and swim and be in these areas, and he showed us, and it made the experience amazing, and when I look at scripture, and I look at my responsibility as your pastor, my responsibility is not to be more holy than you are, because I'll always fail at that, if you know me personally, you know that's pretty easy for me to do, but my job as a pastor is to be your spiritual guide, to show you the passages, right, in Scripture and give you all the little secrets and, and the little thoughts about God and to show you little areas of Christianity where maybe, hey, you didn't get to see this. And I recognize because here's the problem is some people like me, pastors and churches, have ruined it for a lot of people. We've made the Bible overcomplicated and we made church overcomplicated and we made the relationship with Jesus overcomplicated and you might have went on an excursion or a spiritual journey and experience before and it was terrible. And I want to first say I'm sorry on behalf of the church for not doing Jesus justice and presenting him in a way that makes sense to you. Because God ain't weird. Jesus ain't weird. It's the people who were weird that made God weird. And so he's not weird. He's not illogical. He's not irrelevant to your life. He makes sense. And my goal is to be the best spiritual guide to show you all the cool secrets and all the cool passageways and really to give you the best possible way of living, not based on what I say, but what the word of God says. That's our goal here at Rise Church. That's our goal. And so if you want to come and have a good experience and like have a super like supernatural experience where you run around the church and have craziness, that ain't going to happen here. Not that that's bad in any other church. That, that just ain't going to happen. That's not our vision. Our vision is not to have a supernatural, crazy, otherworldly experience with Jesus. That's not what we want. We want you to have a personal experience with Jesus. We want to reach people, and then we want to build your life over a lifetime. We want to lead you on a spiritual journey. We're all on a journey, and every one of us come into this place as a sinner looking for a Savior. Amen? That's our goal, and so our, my goal and my hope for you, my desire for you is that you would allow us to be your pastor, be your spiritual guide throughout the year, and hopefully help you uh, reach your potential in Christ. That's our goal, and that's kind of why we're starting uh, the series called Restart. Our goal is to really talk about, hey, what does it mean to be a Christian? You know, when you start a new year, we want to restart our life and restart some areas, but that begs the question, how do you do that? Because I look back on 2018, and it kind of reminds me of Psalm 51. That's kind of why I want to that's kind of why I wanted to read it. And this is uh, uh, an interesting psalm because this is uh, a psalm written by David. So this is a, 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 a passage of scripture written by a man named David. Now, this is the David you know of. Because most people, even if you're not a Christian, you kind of heard of David. You've heard of David and what, Goliath, right? And you hear that in football, you know, it's like David and Goliath. It's like if the Cowboys are going up to the Saints, you know, it's David against Goliath. <laughs> Saints, Goliath. Saints and Goliath. Never mind. <laughs> But you're like, pastor, but David won. Well, you better hope so. Anyway, so all right. So anyway, I just lost all y'all, didn't I? Okay, I'm just kidding. 
All right, so, but, but this, he was, you need to know about David, okay? This, this David, he was, he had it made from a very early, early age. Now, he started off kind of weird. He had a bunch of brothers, right? In the context of David's life, he had a bunch of brothers, and he was kind of the runt of the litter. So he wasn't necessarily the most celebrated in his family, but he had a moment where a prophet comes and anoints him king in front of his brothers. How many of y'all would like that? Be like, all the people who downed you and talked bad about you, and then somebody comes in and be like, well, actually, this guy's way better than all y'all are. That's what you and I pray for on a regular basis. This happened with David. And so David has this moment happen. He, he of course, gets kills Goliath, and he eventually becomes a king and becomes very wealthy and becomes a great king. But then he winds up making a series of crazy mistakes throughout his life. Now, you can relate to that because you made a bunch of mistakes in 2018. He winds up doing crazy stuff. And you might not even have done this, but he winds up doing something pretty crazy. He winds up having an affair with this lady that he sees taking a bath, and she's naked out on the top of this rooftop. I'm telling you, the Bible's crazy. But anyway, so... But so he, so he says, hey, I want that lady to come over here. He has an, an affair with her. And then it, to make it worse, he kills her husband. So he like the, put salt on the wound. He makes it even worse. So he has a terrible moment. And then it would seem that his life starts to turn around and his son starts to turn on him. And he, he gets in this crazy moment of life where he's starting to have despair. And then he reads Psalm 51. I want to read this to you. And this is what he says. He says in verse 10, he says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Everybody say renew. That's important. He says, renew a right spirit in me, or the message translation would say, God, make a fresh start. Everybody say, fresh start. Come on, like he wants a fresh start. He, he had a, a good life going. He had some good things going, and then all of a sudden some stuff happened, and it was terrible, and he wants to close that chapter of his life, and he goes on to say, cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. In verse 12, he says, this is kind of interesting. He says, restore. Everybody say, restore. You see your theme here. He's wanting to restart, refresh, start anew, restart to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. He's asking God I need you to help me restart my life. I remember one time my wife's phone, um, how many of y'all have iPhones in here? Raise your hand if you have an iPhone in here. You all love, are awesome, and then you, you love Jesus. And then you have an Android. Anybody have an Android? Y'all need, y'all need help. I'm glad you're here. You can meet Jesus today. And so, um, but, but my, my, my wife, she had a phone, and uh, she was having some issues with her, with her iPhone. And I'm a pretty techie guy. I couldn't figure it out. I'm, like, trying to press all the buttons. and wasn't working. And so I called on my phone to, to the tech support. And, you know, I called up Apple tech support. And it's like, please press one for what, you know, you got to go through all the prompts. Well, I'm smart, so I just keep hitting zero, right? Zero, zero, zero. And when you, they figured us out now, so you hit zero and they go, that is not an invalid entry. I'm like, I'm going to hit it until it's, something's valid. And so I hit it, finally get to some, you know, teenager that doesn't know what he's talking about. And I talk to him and I'm like, explain him the issues. And he goes, oh, sir, I can help you. This is really, really easy. He goes, just press the side button with the other button and then you're going to restart your phone. If I say restart, and he said, you're going to restart your phone. And sure enough, when the phone did a hard restart, all of a sudden, everything started to work. And that's really what David is trying to do here. He's saying, God, I need you. You are my tech support. I'm on the phone with you right now. My life is a mess. No buttons work. Everything that was normal is not normal. I need you to help me restart my life. And in so many ways, that's us in this 2019 season, this 2019 year, the beginning of the year as we look out and I look at my life right now. Maybe you do. It's like, God, I need to restart some things in my life. God, we need to restart some areas of my finances. Come on, anybody else? Right, yeah. I, God, I need to restart some areas of my, my relationships with my friends. I, I need to restart some areas with my marriage. 
I need to restart some areas inside of my physical body, right? Y'all, how many of y'all got a gym membership just this week? Because you're like, today is the day. And then when you're done with it next week, <laughs> you want to restart again. Yeah. And so, so there's all these areas in our life. And so David had his way in his mind because David was under the old covenant and his way was temple, priest, sacrifice, restart. Okay, so David's old covenant thinking, old covenant way, David's saying temple, I got to think temple, then I got to think priest, then I think sacrifice. I got to do some things here to get me in this area of restarting. That's old covenant temple thinking. And so thank goodness Jesus comes and releases us from the burden of old temple and old covenant thinking to now we live in the new covenant. So now instead of temple and sacrifice and priest, thank God, aren't you glad you don't have to come to me and tell me all the things that you did? You can just go to God and tell him all the things that you did so I don't have to judge you. Isn't that awesome? That's great. So anyway, so we get to not go through that chain of of thinking for restart, we go to one person who encompasses everything inside of this world. The reason we live, the reason we die, the reason we get up in the morning, we get to now go to Jesus. And so Jesus is our way. And Jesus in John chapter eight, if you have your Bibles, we're going to go there. John chapter eight describes how to restart your life in Jesus. How to restart, because we don't got to go like David. We get to restart our life in new covenant thinking, new covenant terms, John chapter 8, and and we get to get to this area. Now, before we get to our area, we're going to read in verse 31, but, but you need to know how the chapter starts. The chapter starts with intrigue and crazy chaos. Uh, it's almost like um, uh, uh, it, it's, uh, there's tension brewing inside of this crowd. Uh, there, there's a woman who is caught in what uh, at the time, they, they, they called it adultery. They catch her in the act. Now, how many of y'all know if you made a mistake, that's one thing. But when you get caught in the middle of it, especially something like that, that's going to be messed up. And in those times, it was pretty customary that once you saw something happen, there's no judge. There's no juries. It just is what it is. I am now judge, jury, and executioner. I'm going to make it happen. And they're taking her to go stone her, right? They're taking her to go. She's going to go and have her punishment exacted to her. And so Jesus walks up onto this big hubbub and commotion and they try to trick Jesus and Jesus bends down. The story goes, he bends down and he writes something in the dirt and we don't know what it is. And a bunch of people have theories on what it was, but we don't know what it is. The Bible doesn't say what it is, but he writes something in the dirt. And then he stands up and the people go, well, hey, it's time to stone her, Jesus. And Jesus says, listen, if you haven't messed up, then whoever's not messed up in here, Whoever's been great, whoever's perfect, you get to guess what? You win the prize. You can throw the first stone. And then guess what everybody does? They, never, they all throw the stones away because they know. They know. Well, we, we, we can't do it. And Jesus wins. He's checkmate. We, I win. And so uh, Jesus goes on to, to release her. And she says these words. He says, go and sin no more. Okay, interesting. That's an important. We'll come back to that. He goes and he sins no more. So she has an encounter with Jesus, and then he says, go and sin no more. The Bible goes on to say in a few more verses that he goes and teaches, and then he comes to this area where he gets to the scripture, and it's an interesting scripture, and this is his formula. This is God's formula on how to restart your life, because you need to know how to restart your life, and I need to know how to do that. And he goes in verse 31. He says, to the Jews who had believed him. This is important. Everybody say believe. Okay, it started with believe. He said, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples. The New Living Translation would say, if you remain faithful, the NASB says, if you continue in 
The message translation says, if you live out what I tell you, if you do what I say, this is what he says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus gives us a formula by not just, to ha- not just having a restart in our life, but to go and actually restart our life. He shows us in, in his life for in us through Jesus that although we don't have to walk through old covenant thinking, the new covenant way is both having a restart is both a noun and a verb. That it's you can have a restart and you can also do a restart. And so for Jesus, he gives us two keys. And in the time we have left, I'm going to give you the two keys to help restart your life in 2019. If you're looking to restart inside of Christ, this is how you do it. This is, this is how he does it. And this is how scripture says. Number one, the first key is you have to know Jesus. Like, know Jesus. This is the noun. This is the gift that Jesus gives us. Not know about him. Not know about the things he can do. Not know him from other people even. But know him for yourself. The Greek word there is gnosko. Everybody say that with me. Say gnosko. Isn't that awesome? Y'all are Bible scholars. Greek word, gnosko. And so it's gnosko. It's this, it's this interesting definition to know relationally through firsthand personal experience. Remember I told you about about just just knowing God through through like the whole point of our church is for you to know God first. Remember reaching people. It was the the knowing God that you have to know Jesus. Remember, go back to the story of the lady caught in adultery. She met Jesus. She had a personal, firsthand saw Jesus experience. Then, then, then he said. Go and sin no more. But it started, it started with her knowing Jesus. He, know, he knew her. They could recognize each other. The other day I got a phone call. And I don't know if you guys get this a lot, but I get phone calls from places that I know, know the number to. And it's like typically a robocall. You know what I mean? How many of y'all hate that? Like my resolution this year is to find where the robocall people live. That's where my resolution is. And so, um, but this person called me on my phone and I didn't recognize the number. So I didn't answer because I didn't know that number. So my question to you is, if Jesus was on this earth and he called you, would you recognize him? If you called Jesus, would he recognize you? Would he pick up your phone? I know a lot of people, they, have, they, they say, Pastor, I, I don't know. I can't hear the voice of God. I don't, I, don't, I don't talk with him. I don't know what he sounds like. I can't, I don't, I, how do I hear the voice of God? And I always start with what does your personal rhythms and relationship with Jesus look like? Well, I know I don't pray a lot. I don't really read the Bible. I have checked I'm a Christian on Facebook. <laughs> and for the most part, I tell people I'm a Christian which just so you know, in Texas is pretty normal. California, where I'm from, you're like, you're Christian? Get out! <laughs> but, 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 but you don't regularly communicate with him, and then you wonder why you don't n- hear his voice. He doesn't know 
you. He doesn't have a personal first-hand relationship with you on a regular basis. So I know that even in here under the most, most of us that might call ourselves Christians, I know you're a Christian on the outside. But do you know him on the inside? Like, do you really know? Like, seriously. Well, I know you grew up with Jesus. I know you go to church. I know you've been religious. I know you read your Bible-ish once in a while. I know you've seen some movies that had a Christian in it. And you've heard of Joel Osteen. And I know, I know, I know, I know, I get it. But do you know the God of the Bible? Like, do you, do you, he's given you a gift of restart. Restarting in as a Christian inside of Jesus doesn't start without him. So a lot of us, here's why this matters. A lot of us try to start the other way. We try to work to get better, work to start over, work to do things right without accepting the gift of Jesus giving us a restart. Some of you in here feel like you have to work to get your restart. And Jesus has handed you a gift. You can't start your restart without Jesus. Tweet that. You can't. Because it's this working and working. You're going to try to work it and you're going to do this thing called the resolution. And then by January 30th, you forget. You got tired. You didn't like it. It won't stick. It doesn't make sense. You don't care. You did wasn't that big of a deal anyway. And you live 11 more months the way that you were. And you're going to come to 2020. Saying the same thing about 2019. Man, I really wish we need, I need a restart right now. I need to start something new. Why? Because you didn't know the God of the Bible who can actually bring you a fresh start. The gift of Jesus is not just salvation one day. If I could, we cheapen the gospel. When we just say Jesus saved you for heaven. That's part of it. Jesus saved you to have heaven one day, but also to have heaven now. He talks so much inside scripture and his teachings. The kingdom of heaven is like. He wasn't telling you about a place one day you'll get to go to. That was part of it. He was saying, hey, here's what the kingdom of heaven is like. You can have it now. If you just listen to what I'm telling If you go back and do what I, I told you to do. Um, part of our journey here at Rise. Just Again, this is part of just a lot of new people. The church has been growing like crazy. Um, clearly it has nothing to do with my teaching because he's been here 10 minutes. So anyway... Um, God's just doing an amazing work in our church. Incredible. God, the church is growing like crazy. And so we have so many new people, and they've asked me, like, what are the journeys and the steps? Part of our, our, our process, again, you're on a journey. We recognize everybody comes in at different levels. And our journey here is we have four steps, and you kind of see them on our banners, and I, I think I have them on a, on a screen. I want to show you our four steps. The first is to know God. That's the first step. And people are like, well, yeah, but, like, that's normal, right? We're Christians. We show. You don't know how many people walk in here and have found their knowing God moment. You don't know how many people who are out there right now who need to walk into this place and find their knowing God moment. In fact, I argue with Christians all the time who want to change church for the people who already know God. And they're like, hey, no, we need to go have like a spiritual experience because I know God and I want to go deeper with him. And I'm like, that's awesome. You should go deeper with them at home. And they're like, well, what do you mean? You're the pastor. Aren't you supposed to have like a church experience? I go, yes, but there's a lot of people who have not even know about the guy you're trying to go deeper with. 
You're trying to throw them into the deep end and they have never even touched the part of the pool where the babies go. And you're trying to toss them into the end. Swim! And then we wonder why God doesn't make sense to people. Sorry, we care about people knowing God. You need to know this. The weekend experience on the weekend, that's the whole point of the weekend experience is for people to know God. It ain't for you to have a spiritual experience. If this is all you wait for all week long to have a spiritual experience, you are missing out. You are malnourished. God, I need to get fed, pastor. Well, you better feed yourself. I eat more than just this time. You eat more than one time a week, I hope. Don't get me started. I'll run, I'll run religious people right out of here. All right, so no, no God. Second one is this, is, is to find freedom, right? We want you to find freedom and finding and connecting with other people. The third one is this. We want you to discover your purpose. We want you to find out that's what Next Steps is all about. Today, we start Next Steps part one. We have two-part class. Happens every single month. It's today during 11 o'clock service. Guess what? You already went to church. You ain't got to go nowhere. You can walk right over. 11 o'clock right now. And then the last one is make a difference. That's our pathway, but it all starts with what? Knowing God. You can't do any of that other stuff. You can't find freedom and you can't discover your purpose and you can't make a difference until you what? You know God. You have to know him. And I'm begging you to go know this God that we all love and know. Number two is this is to, so it's first a noun, which is this gift that God gives us, and then it's a verb. And so for us, we, the second key to it is to hold to Jesus. It's to hold to Jesus. This is our action. This is the verb part. So as God does what only he can in giving you the possibility of a restart, then we do our part. So he gives us the gift, then we do our part. That's the other part of churches that get it wrong sometimes. Sometimes we get it wrong in other places as churches, and I'm complaining about what I do and me. This isn't you. This is, this is just the church at large, what I'm a part of, what I've given my life to, the local church. And, and we sometimes say, well, if you just give your life to Jesus, it'll all be great. And then you guess what happens? You gave your life to Jesus, and then it wasn't all great. <laughs> and we hide it like it's like a like it's a trick we're trying to do. Just, just, just give your life to Jesus. It'll be great. It'll be great. And then it's not. And then people run from God. They walk away. They're like, you sold me a bill of nothing. It doesn't work. You gave me a formula that doesn't work. Well, you only did half the formula. It starts with Jesus, yes. But then it's doing our part. What, go back to the story. It was Jesus having a personal experience with the lady. And then it says, go and sin no more. She had to go do her part. Come on, she wanted a restart. Jesus said, here's your possibility. Then he said, go and do no more. Go sin no more. Go do your part. Come on, go do your part. You're not doing it because you want to earn my love. I've already given it to you. Here it is, free gift. Don't worry about it. You don't owe me anything. It's all good. It's only unfair to me because you, you would probably going to turn your back again and then I'm going to have to forgive you again, but it's okay because I'm God and I can handle it. Trust me, Jesus can handle it. And so Jesus goes, go, 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 go. And then he says, but wait, by the way, do your part. Wait, wait. Do your part. Don't, don't, don't just go and sin again. Don't just go and do the same thing over and over again. You wanted a restart. So go do something different. You want something different? Do something different. So there's three ways that you need to hold in here. There's three ways, simple ways, okay? This is how you have a restart. I'm just telling you, you want to set up 2019 for a success. This is how you do it, okay? Three ways to hold on 
to Jesus in 2019. Three ways to hold on to Jesus in 20. Three ways you can do your part. Easy ways. Everybody can do this. Number one is weekend services. I'm going to give a shameless plug for Sunday morning for you in your life every weekend this year. And I'm not going to apologize about it. The local church, you need to understand, this, the, the time and the era we live in right now is unprecedented. Unprecedented. The, 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 God has been moving like never before in human history through the local church. He has done something. Churches are growing at exponential levels right now. People, as you can see, the world is going crazy and crazy. The Bible talks about it as, you know, we, as, uh, as sin abounds, grace abounds much more. That there is at the same time as the world is literally going to hell. Literally. 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 At the same time, God's grace is moving in a movement called the local church that he started. Hear me now. He started. He commissioned. He sent out at levels we've never seen before. We've seen more people come to Jesus. We're seeing more lives touched. We're seeing more marriages restored. We're seeing more disciples trained. We're seeing more kids reach for God. We're seeing more people understand their purpose and, 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 and desire and nature inside of Christianity more than we've ever had. And the local church is, is a part of that. And he's in, guess what? Guess this is the coolest part. This is the coolest part. He's asked us to be a part of it. Not me, because I'm the pastor. Oh, we're well, a professional Christian. You should be a part of it. No, 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 no. He's asked we to be a part of it. He's asked you to be a part. He's asked me to be a part of it. He's asked the local church, the ecclesia, the gathering of people, the church, to be his hands and his feet. And you and I can be a part of it by holding on to Jesus every single weekend. I'll never apologize for giving my life to Jesus. But you can't separate Jesus and the local church because that's what he died for. It's what he started. It's what he commissioned. Go back to the Bible. Sorry. Nothing else is important. That's his function. It's the way he moves in the world. And you can't tell me it's not effective. You can't tell me it's not effective. I just told you, like never before, technology has helped it. But you know what? The Holy Spirit has helped it. He's going to move. And yeah, it's going to get worse. I've read the Bible. I know what happens in the end. I get it. It gets pretty terrible. But I also know what happens in the end. We win. We win. We win. Sorry, devil. You lose. We win. Just is what it is. He can't do anything about it. So he's going to hurt as many people as he can on the way there. And you can be a part of people not being affected, be people, lives being changed while you're part of the local church. We have so many people who serve here at Rise. It's incredible. Like 60 or 70 people on, on a regular basis that rotate in and out. Like that's not the only, we have hundreds of some people on our team, but they come in early to serve you. Yeah. At seven o'clock, they're here. I'm like, what in the world? Why would you guys come to this? What? Because they know the local church. Jesus is moving. Holy Spirit's ready. Let's go. There's people to meet. That whole, there's a whole city out there. There's a whole, we're not, I'm not just trying to reach San Antonio. I'm trying to reach the nation. I'm trying to reach the state. I'm trying to reach the world. Like I got big, you want vision? I got all day for you. It's not just about the city. It's not just about Halotus. It's not just about this side of town. It's about the, the town, the world. God said, go into all the world and make disciples. That's what we're trying to do. Let's be a part of that. Weekend services. Second one is this, daily devotionals. 
You need to hold on to God, secondly, through daily devotionals. There's something a part of us that we need to have a daily walk with Jesus. Remember, personal firsthand experience is grown over time while we build lives. It's part of our mission. So you need to have a way to have a, a systematic, some of you in here, when I told you, when I said that word systematic, you twitched a little bit because you're like creative, you know, you're like, ah, don't put me in a box. Like creatives are the most boxy people you've ever met. What are you talking about? I love to talk to creative people. I'm a creator. I'm actually worship. I've, I led worship for two years, love music. And I love it when like creatives like, don't put me in a box, pastor. Don't put me in a box. I'm like, what are you talking about? I had a guy come to me one time. He's like, I want to write a song. And it's going to be like 17 minutes and it's going to be awesome. And I go, well, that'll never be on the radio. And he goes, why? What are you talking about? I go, because there's a box. It's called three minutes. There's no songs longer than three minutes on the radio. Hello. And he's like, well, I'm going to be successful. Okay, good luck. Underground shows at the, you know, whatever. Anyway, so I'm sorry. <laughs> you need to have a system. I got off on that. You need to have a system in your life where you're doing a daily devotion and you're connecting to God on a regular basis. Now, that system could look different for everyone. Don't get boxed into my system. That's a, that's a bad box. But you do need to have a schedule that you want to. So what do your church do? Again, spiritual guide. I want to help you walk that out. So uh, on our information table, we're going to start a 21 days of prayer. That starts tomorrow. So we're going to have a systematic time where we as a church corporately come to before God and pray. We're going to bring our prayers to God. God, we're going to pray about these scriptures over these things. We're doing Facebook Live so you can connect with us online on our page. If you have not connected, you need to connect with us online. You need to check in every time you come to Rise Church on Facebook. You need to share the word of the church because, again, it's about you connecting to other people. And then the second link is this, is we have Pastor Jason's put these together. He's incredible. I mean, he's helping our church literally come together and put some devotions together. And so he made, we made a, a thing called SOAP, and it's just a, an easy way to have a devotional scripture observation application prayer. And it's real simple. And you can grab these cards, and it's just simply Bible readings to read. You can find a Bible plan. We're trying to help you be systematic on having a daily devotional. You need to hold on to Jesus personally. Again, if you eat only here on the Word of God, you're missing it, you're malnourished, and you're going to walk around weak whenever somebody is spiritually, especially tries to attack you. You need to be strong. And the last one is this, is groups. Um, we need to not underestimate and undervalue the, 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 the idea of grouping up together. Now, I've had many people, this is just a, a housekeeping thing. I've had many church, of our church ask us about groups, why we didn't start with groups and why we didn't launch groups. We, we believe in small groups here. In fact, second part of our journey here is finding freedom. You find freedom in small groups. We believe in that. But here's what I also believe in. We don't do things at this church halfway. We just don't. I don't start stuff. We have made a commitment to you as a church to not do anything if we're going to mess it up. Anybody ever gone to something that like you're like, you walk in and you're like, they didn't think about any of this stuff. This is terrible. We're not going to do something unless we do it right. I, that's my commitment to you as a pastor, okay? Doesn't mean we won't do anything wrong. It doesn't mean we won't have mistakes, but we, we wanted to do groups right. So right now we're working on training small group leaders so you don't get into a group and they start playing the guitar and ukulele for three and a half hours and you're wondering <laughs> what in God's name is going on? Because I've been in that group. I've been to the group. I walked in and I'm like, Lord, help me. I want out of here. I started faking a seizure, like, like sickness. I'm like, <laughs> I, I got to like walk out of here. I got to go. I got something I got to go to, you know, and I, I don't want you to walk into that group. And if you're that guy who has a ukulele and guitar, that's great. Don't bring it out. I'll, I'll snatch you out. I'm done telling you. I'll find out. Why? Because we want to do groups that make sense to people. We want people to connect. So we have, we're training group leaders right now and we plan on having groups coming up in the spring. 
And so they're going to come up very, very soon. We're going to have group leaders. And we're going to have different types of groups. You can sign up for them. It's going to be great. But you need to get inside of a group. Uh, outside of that, um, we've had people ask us about youth ministry. And so I need to know this. I was a youth pastor for 10 years. I love youth. I, I, I have more value of teenagers in youth ministry than most people do. I promise you that. Because I love them. And I've been in rooms. I, we had youth ministry. We were doing 1,500 kids on a Wednesday night. It was incredible. God did some amazing things inside of our youth ministry. I had a $10 million facility. I mean, it was incredible. God said, you, you've never smelled stink unless you've been in a junior high group with like hundreds of kids in one big room. I'm just telling you, it's, if you're junior high, you, yeah, you stinky. So anyway, but we're going to do something for kids. We're going to do something for youth. And so we've worked on some people that are going to help spearhead our youth group leader. And guess what? We're going to launch that in a couple weeks. Guess what? That's coming for you. So y'all are going to have some youth group stuff. It's going to be awesome. And y'all are going to get together and... And I'm sure I'm going to get a phone call about something some night. So anyway, um, and, uh, and so the last thing is, is, is I'll say this. My challenge to you is before we even have groups, you can go group up. Just so you know. Like, it doesn't need to be a church commission group. Like, don't, but can I, can I ask you a favor? Don't be that weird person, okay? It doesn't, just so you know, you don't have to group up around a Bible either. Just a heads up. Just a heads up to be a Christian group. You could go and do something together. That's what's so weird about Christians sometimes, you know? It's like you just sit around and do stuff. And I've been in, you've been in that, like you went to somebody's house and they prayed for like 45 minutes before the food. Just say prayer so people can eat. I'm sorry, anyway. I'm just teasing. Get in a group. You guys can group up and you guys can connect. Weekend services, daily devotionals, and groups. Come on, those are three ways you can hold on to God in this new year. Two keys. The gift of restart from Jesus and then us doing our part to restart something this 2019. You can do it. I believe in you. 